Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. Welcome back. Here we go. Why do we assume the worst? It is a very common tactic that people use in social arenas. And I'm going to hit that today because I want you to walk away with some tools, some tools of exploration. When we are dealing with human sciences, a lot of times we are social explorers. It's like going on a scavenger hunt. We don't always see what we think we see. I'll continue to paint that picture as we go. Let's just point to the reality that oftentimes we assume the worst. I am looking at the media at times and I'm seeing, well, most of the time, really, I'm watching as they point out how bad one person is or how bad another person is. You know, for example, Trump is terrible and evil. Trump is amazing and great. Biden is terrible and evil. Biden is amazing and great. We see that constant back and forth. And I, I just wanted to focus in on why people assume the worst. Number one, we want to be right. Who doesn't want to be right? When I'm dealing with this in therapy, a lot of times when somebody comes in and they're, they're, they're pointing at somebody saying that they're just terrible, no good, da, da, da. They want to be right because they just want to be right. You know, they may also want to be the victim of this evil person because it gives them a sense of belonging. That sounds dumb. I get it. But the reality is it's true. There are people who are comfortable in the role of being the victim. And there are other people who are comfortable in the role of being the persecutor, the one who's like, yeah, they're bad, they're evil. And there's a third category, the person who wants to be the rescuer. And when we get that triangle going, the victim, persecutor, rescuer triangle, we call that the victim triangle. What it basically says is once you get it going, it's really hard to get it to stop. That's not the only reason, though. We want to be right. We want to fill the role of victim, persecutor, or rescuer. We also want to belong. Now, there is a common theme in all three of these concepts, and that is this. Fear. The victim, persecutor, rescuer is tied directly to fear. The wanting to be right is tied directly to fear. If we're wrong, we're not going to be lovable. That's not necessarily true, but it's something that people inherently believe in their actions. I have to earn my way to being loved. Not true, but I get that pull. At the end of the day, here's the reality about that. If a person decides that they love you, you're lovable, period. Full stop. End. Right there. You don't get to decide if you're lovable. They do. The easiest way to be right is to control the narrative. So when you see people 
going to being right, they're controlling the narrative. The same is true with the victim triangle that I went over. Controlling the narrative becomes crucial. And the wanting to belong, there's a fear in that too. But there's also the flip side of that, the love, the desire, and not only desire, but need to be loved. That's why we can fear it so much when we're not. So if we control the narrative, there's certain things that we see categorically. The first part is, if you're first, that's best. It controls the narrative. Be first. Control it first. Get your narrative out there first. Well, there's a very logical reason for this. When we look at an engram, the initial memory, if we can control the narrative at the very beginning by being first, then everybody sees everything that follows from that lens, which is why the echo chamber is so dangerous because the initial memory that we have of something can often dictate everything that follows everything. And sometimes if it only paints a portion of the picture, then we can't make sense of the pieces outside of that portion very well. Number two, be the loudest. That's another component. Be the loudest. Well, that's an easy one. Look around you. There's things that are designed to enter your world, right? It used to be books and radio. Now your phone will ding at you when it wants you to see something first and something wants to be the loudest. That's what it does. Number three, don't back down even if you're losing. The best example for this that I can come up with is when you're in a conversation with somebody and they just say, I'm done with this conversation. That is usually them saying, I know I'm right and you're wrong and I'm done. Even if they realize they're wrong. That's a defense mechanism. It's what people use to control the narrative. I'm done with this conversation. Why? Maybe because they're wrong. Because if we're right, we can usually sit through and be patient with somebody. If we're wrong, we tend to go to that. Now, that's not 100% accurate, but it's very close. As a therapist, once I've sort of evaluated that narrative piece, and I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, these people are assuming the worst because of these things. They're, they're the first, they're the loudest, and, and, and great. So when I see these red flags, then I start digging into the patterns. At this point, the patterns become the crucial piece. How do I dig in? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. I encourage them to tell me more stories of this type. So I can then look for patterns. That's why. And I look for paraverbal, verbal, and nonverbal information. That's what I'm looking for. When they don't align with one another, tell me information. And when they do, it tells me information. So Real quick recap of paraverbal. Paraverbal is your tone, volume, and cadence. That's the tone of your voice, the loudness of your voice, and the speed in which you talk. The verbal is what you say. And the nonverbal is the body language. Your eyebrows, your cheeks, your smile, your frown, your tears, uh, your slumping shoulders, your body language. 
Those are the nonverbals. I'm looking for those. I'm also looking for in the social arena where you place yourself within a room, how you position yourself with regard to another person. Those things all matter. Then I look for similarities and differences, which is congruence and incongruence. Why? Because those point me to the fear, the fear that leads to assuming the worst of another human being. When I point at that incongruence, that's typically what it is that I'm pointing at. I point at the incongruence and then I observe. Now, this is where it gets really interesting to me. When I'm observing them in the midst of pointing at an incongruence, that's when I can tell the most about their story. Some people in that moment, their heart begins to race, they get anxious, and they start talking really, really fast. Or some people uh, bottle up and they say, I'm done with this conversation. I can't do this anymore. Uh, Some people will go to uh, blaming. They'll say, well, yeah, but that's not my fault. Or they will go to minimizing Minimizing is the act of saying, well, yeah, but that's not that big of a deal. Or embellishing, they will defer to another part of the story and they'll say, yeah, but this is happening over here. So you got to put that into context, right? And that's, that's a distraction. And you'll notice that all of those things perpetuate the assumption being correct. Now, there's four categories that I want to point out that are going to hopefully help you with this portion. These come directly out of the Arbinger Institute. It's a training that I uh, participated in many years ago now, probably like four or five years ago. And it's pretty interesting. There are reportedly, based on that, that research, four containers that people put themselves in. When, especially when they're assuming the worst of somebody else, that is they are better than that person. Or it could be, I deserve fill in the blank more or less than them, depending on what it is, right? The third category that people will put themselves in is I am worse than, and therefore have to justify fill in the blank. The fourth category And this is one that I am seeing more and more and more. As social media has picked up, I think more people have deferred to this final box. And that is, I need to be seen as. I need to be seen as smart. I need to be seen as strong. I need to be seen as correct. And that assumption is one of the biggest problems that we encounter. I need to be seen as. And the truth is, What we're losing in the process is our uniqueness, which is kind of interesting. I'm going to detour down this path for just a moment. If in the big scale, we're losing uniqueness, there is the possibility because oftentimes we see for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. In the social world, we often see that same process play out, an action that creates an equal and opposite reaction. If we are losing our unique identity at the big scale, at the little scale, 
maybe it's a no-brainer to some people that we're seeing an increased need for uniqueness. Well, I want to be the tallest, the shortest, the biggest, the smallest, the strongest, the leanest. I want to be trans. I want to be a bisexual today. I want to like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to dismiss anybody's feelings, not even a tiny bit, but it plays a factor when we need to be seen as unique. And the truth is we don't have to fight to be unique. We are unique. You don't have to be something you're not to be unique. You can be yourself. You are unique. So we start telling ourselves these lies and and stuff at times. I went down that tangent because the need to be seen as is a super interesting, but also critically challenging component of our world today. My hope is that when we look at assuming the worst in somebody, we can actually pause and take a look at ourselves. Ask ourselves, am I saying this because I think I'm better than? Am I saying this because I think I'm worse than? Am I saying this because I think I deserve something? Or am I saying this because I need to be seen as something? If we're not in one of those four categories, And don't justify it away or blame others for being in one of those categories. If we look at ourselves instead of the other person, we can have real hard conversations instead of assuming the worst in another person. And we would all win from that. Thank you for joining me and have a great day. 